Welcome to the Relief Teachers podcast brought to you by Tradewind Australia. My name's Ian McNally and this podcast is a recording from a live webinar in January 2021 with my colleagues and former principals Billy Green and Terry Toomey. In this webinar we discuss the challenges of writing a CV and cover letter for your dream teaching job. We were joined by Tradewind's own recruitment expert, Kelly Duthie, and I started a webinar by asking Kelly, what are the most common errors that she sees every day in CVs? Some of the common um, mistakes are around uh, just grammatical errors, um, you know, your spelling mistakes, things like that. So. It, I, what I find um, helps, I mean, I know myself um, from not necessarily um, doing a CV, but just if you get someone else to have a look over your CV, they might pick up on a spelling mistake that because you've naturally read your CV so many times, your eyes just don't pick it up. So do get um, someone to have a read over your CV for spelling mistakes and, and grammatical errors. Um, I find um, that, that will help you a lot in that way. I think that's a really important one, isn't it? That um, And certainly because the application process is so long and so involved, is that it is difficult sometimes to see the wood for the trees, isn't it? Is that you get so drawn into your own application. And particularly when you start moving sentences around or things around, copy and pasting, often uh, just by the, by the nature of that process, you can uh, lose some things or chop off uh, a full stop or uh, just not lack some consistency within a CV. Yeah. And what are some of the other uh, common mistakes that you see each day? Um, so other mistakes are if you're um, using your CV, uh, this sort of broaches in just a little bit onto the cover letter side of things, but for different applications and you are tailoring it using um, school names and things like that, make sure that what you're applying for is in fact the school that you've got uh, listed or stated in your cover letter or things like that. Um, although um, principals are well aware that you'll be applying for multiple jobs, um, it is uh, definitely goes, um, goes a long way that every, the school name is, is correct um, in, in your CV and cover letters. Billy, the applications you've seen, you would have seen a few... Uh over the time which had the wrong school name in? Yeah, you do, unfortunately. And uh, as Terry and I spoke about this morning, um, the process is uh, demanding and it's also cutthroat. Um, and if we have, if it's obvious it's just a generic one that was sent out to lots of schools and it's got, for example, Strathmore West on it and I'm Essendon Primary, well, uh, in a lot of ways you can make the case, well, you're, it's not the right school. So, um, yeah, we don't read them, actually. So uh, it's a difficult business, the application, and you can't afford to make those uh, errors. And just picking up on the spelling one, one I remember, um, and this is possibly a mistake that was made because of self-correcting on um, Word. So a person uh, had their address as uh, seven cloud court, C-A-U-G-H-D. You know that's that's not how it is. So, and in a you know you you applying for a job as a teacher, you are expected to be able to spell. And if you can't work pick up that you've written your address as C A U G H T, then it doesn't inspire much confidence in the panel. So you've really 
yeah, they're just absolutely basic errors that you just cannot afford to get away with. So, um, you know, in a, some areas, mate, but in a teaching job where it's really competitive, um, yeah, I've seen, yeah, it, it just doesn't work. So don't, I mean, it's as bad as, I'll give you an example. This is what it's like. For those that are old enough to remember whiteout, it'd be a bit like sending an application in with whiteout all over it and you've just scribbled in someone else's name. It's like, what's that? Don't do it. So you must get all of those things checked. Yeah, look, I think, Billy, uh, it happens sometimes too when we're against the clock. And that's, um, you know, where I think that you shouldn't be doing things at the last minute if you can possibly avoid it. Take the time to get things done early and take Kelly's advice and getting someone else to have a really, really good look at it. Because uh, honestly, um, even in the CVs that I'm having a look at for Tradewind that people are putting in and applications for positions, uh, there are too many mistakes there, you know, grammatical mistakes. And you draw the conclusion that the person is either careless or they can't spell. And that may not be the case at all. They just simply might be rushing it and doing it at the last minute. So take your time, get it done early and get somebody else to have a look at it. And Kelly, um, let's talk about some of the basics in terms of you get CVs every day. Some of them might be uh, half a paragraph long and some of them might be 28 pages. Uh, what is the guideline around how many pages should your CV be? Yeah, I think um, experience dependent. Um, you know, if your experience is relevant, you do want to showcase that, but we definitely do not want 28 pages. Um, three to four pages, uh, if, if you've got good experience, um, is probably enough. If you're quite, you know, a new graduate, um, that two to three pages is, is more than likely enough in those cases. Um, like Billy and Terry have said, when um, panellists and principals are looking at CVs, they tend to be looking at 100 or so. Um, there's so many applicants. So if your CV's 20 pages long, they're not going to get through it all. Um, I think it's even sort of common knowledge that after the first couple of pages, brains automatically just stop reading anyway. Um, so yeah, definitely um, shorter is better, um, and just yeah, keep it keep it succinct. Um, uh, and I do know that having uh, bullet points to outline your experience under the different your different schools that you've been at um, is a lot easier to run over and scan over for principles. Um, rather than paragraphs. Some people are a little bit anxious that if they, they need to include all of their experience in their CV, but really a CV is a, is a headline, isn't it? It's the highlights of the roles and positions that you have and experience relevant to the position that you're applying for. You really, I mean, if you can't fit that into two pages, uh, then it is the third or fourth page as you say is not really worth putting in there is that your experience billy when you've been reading hundreds of applications that anything over two pages yeah and the other thing there's a couple of points i'd pick up on first of all in the government system you will never be selected on your cv because in a sense that's against the rules um we have to select you on your response to the selection criteria and later on we'll talk about cover letters those two things will come, and I'm, I'm interested to get Terry's point, but they will always come ahead of your CV. The CV is interesting, particularly um, for graduate teachers, it's interesting in terms of your interests and your experience quite often outside of the school 
um, environment because we we understand, as Kelly said, you know, as as a uh, graduate, we we know that you haven't spoke, uh, haven't worked a lot in a lot of schools. So we're probably trying to get a bit of a picture of you. So um, some other, you know, you may, for example, be a, uh, a violin tutor, or you may be an archaeologist, amateur archaeologist, or you may be a, a whole range of things that maybe add to you as a, a person in a school. So by all means, pop those in. But I couldn't agree more. You certainly don't want to go after, certainly after two pages, it's not relevant. And the other thing for more experienced people, and again, I think I'll be interested to get Terry's point of view, uh, what you did in 1995, yeah, you know, probably not that relevant now. Yeah, look, uh, good point, Billy. I don't really like anything that um, is too historical. I agree with Kelly. It's got to be the greatest hits, I think. Um, also, if you write too much, it tends to diminish I think what is there of value. So don't oversell it. Keep it authentic. Keep it relevant. Keep it fairly contemporary. I keep it to the highlights. I'm really interested in potential points of difference between you and other applicants. So if you've done interesting sort of voluntary work or coaching or at the back of my mind, I might be thinking, is there anything that you can offer to the co-curricular program that might pop up in a CV that wouldn't necessarily come through in an application? So um, yeah, they're the sort of things that uh, grab my attention. Yeah, the other way, Kelly mentioned dot points, and that's a great way to do it. The other way that I've seen done, which works really well, is uh, it's a bit more difficult to explain than it would be if I could show you. But if you can actually, um, you can, there's a function on uh, Microsoft Word where you can actually get a line down the side of the page, if you like, and then move your text to the right. And you might just have leadership experience or... Um, uh, team development or something like that. So you, and then you might highlight a few things that you've done at a few different schools there, particularly if it's a, a school that um, has put in their own selection criteria around, say, uh, STEM subjects, and you've got experience in those. So you might write um, experience with STEM, and you might put a little column on the left that's uh, that has the headline STEM, and then you might have three dot points over to the right that where you're because um, that that's what I really want to read. I, and I want to have it, be able to access it really quickly. If I have to find it, if it's hidden in, as Kelly said, if it's hidden in a paragraph, I won't find it because I haven't got time. I've got a stack of applications sitting to the right that I've got to look at tonight. And I'm not going to wade through your um, eight page long CV to find the day that you did something. And the other thing is you've got to be careful about what you put in. One of my favorite, one, favorite ones, I might've shared this before you once, Terry. I shouldn't laugh. Perhaps this person's tuning in watching, but um, <laughs> I don't know who they are. Why, I had a graduate once who told me that his job at the um, athletic sports was to put the sauce on the pies. That's probably a little bit too specific. <laughs> too much information, Billy. <laughs> that could come very, very useful for a sausage sizzle fundraiser at school, though. So, um, yeah, I, and, and Kelly, um, in your experience as well, there's lots of templates and, uh, you know, on Microsoft Word, there's templates for resumes and CVs and on Apple Mac as well. And, and you can find them on Canva and other different places. Um, the CV whole graphic design thing has changed um, over the years and advanced. Uh, sometimes it gets a bit too complicated as well. Is there any advice around formatting and font and size uh, on a CV? Just some basics that you can really uh, help people out with? Yeah, definitely. Um, so 
once again, always keeping in the back of your mind to keep things simple, um, I think is, is important. Um, first up, we want to see what your qualifications are. Um, so pop them in and, and what university they were from and the years. So basically to, sorry, probably to make that sound a bit more simpler, <laughs> um, your qualification university and when you graduated. Following on from that, your, your relevant recent experience. So if you're a new graduate, your placements, um, you know, if you've just come out of a couple of years of teaching, obviously that, um, and go from your most recent so we can see what you've been doing. Um, after your experience, if there's any other work or volunteer work that's applicable, like Billy and Terry were saying before, um, something that adds to your, your character that could be uh, used within the school co-curricular program, anything like, like that can go next. And we do want to know, um, I'm not too sure about Billy and Terry, but from our perspective within, um, I guess, uh, working as a CRT, if you've got your first aid and things like that, that's, um, that's important to know. Um, if it's still current, not if it's already expired. Um, Oswim, you know, that's, that's important too, those types of certificates. Um, and any hobbies that you've got, once again, that, are, um, that add to you as, as a person. Um, but keeping that all within your, your sort of two pages. Yeah, excellent. We've actually had a question in as well uh, from Suma. Should you include a list of your professional developments in your, in your resume or CV? Not from 1992, but yeah, so thing, you know, within the last, um, I, I would say maybe depending on how experienced you are, maybe the last two, two to five years. What are, what are your yeah. thoughts, yeah, Billy and Terry? Definitely. Yeah, agree, Kelly. Agree. I don't like anything much going back further than five years, but uh, any professional learning that focuses on current initiatives, um, plus all those certificates that you might have. Yeah, look, um, again, they can be um, points of difference, I think. And again, just yeah, focus on the quality. Yeah, and again, if you can focus it on, if you know the school and uh, say if they've got a particular uh, uh, emphasis there, and you've got something that matches up with them that you can't sneak into your... Um, application through the selection criteria that's the spot to put it so uh yeah it's really you know like schools often have camping programs or outdoor ed programs and but there may not be a question about that on the um key selection criteria and picking up terry's point before you can't answer the question that you want written you've got to answer the question they ask you and if you want to tell them that you're great at outdoor ed or camping's your thing then it may be the CV is where you put it. You can also perhaps even uh, sneak it into the cover letter if you can, but don't pop it in the wrong spot in the key selection criteria. Pop it in the right spot, which is probably your uh, CV. For instance, what you said there, Billy, about if they've got a huge emphasis on outdoor ed and things like that, um, maybe in the CV it might be relevant to say that you have done the Duke of Edinburgh um, yeah. Yeah. Because that's that's directly aligned and is probably potentially is something that that school does as well. Yeah, I think also um, it's important to know what the role of a CV is. Uh, li literally, it means the curriculum vitae means course of life. Is that we're trying to picture your life in work, and we need to be able to do that really quickly and easily using bigger fonts or coloured um, consistent headings where we can easily identify that information like a dashboard 
is really, really useful, isn't it, Kelly? Yeah, definitely. Um, don't use your fancy flip lettering because um, that can get a bit, um, yeah, a bit hard. And, and size font um, around 11 is, is good for what I like to see. Once again, probably depends how much information you're putting um, in, in your CV. But yeah, from, from 10, 10 to 12, um, 11 teams seems to be a bit of a happy medium. Yeah, I think there's lot, lots of good fonts out of there, which are nice and simple. As you say, Times New Roman used to be the benchmark. Um, but has kind of gone out of fashion a bit. But certainly, uh, you know, Arial or Helvetica now or um, as Open Sans, which you can use now, or Garamond. Very simple, straightforward, easy to read, uh, clear and crisp. Um, that's what you're aiming for. There's a lot of design programs now where you can add in lots of colors and your picture on your CV and things like that. But Terry, are we really looking for somebody's uh, profile picture on a CV? That could That's a bit of a minefield, isn't it? That can be a, as bad a thing as a good thing. Yeah, it never really interested me. And obviously as an applicant, I wouldn't have included mine for obvious reasons. Um, but yeah, look, as a principal, yeah. Now look, we do want something that's authentic. Uh, that's really, that's you. No, I was never never strong on um, on the photo or anything like that. Look, I'll, be, I'll even uh, go a step further than that. Schools are not showy places. Some schools may be, but most government schools aren't showy places. We don't have a lot of showy... We don't have the money, quite frankly. Uh, so even mixing up fonts is showy to us. Like, um, we don't... Ha you know, so try to keep it as simple as you can and, you know, glamorous shots where you're sitting side on... You know, that might work uh, if you're going for a spot on a TV show. But as far as the schools go, that's not what we're interested in. We are interested in your capacity to deliver student outcomes. And uh, quite frankly, what you look like, you know, it's not it's not going to sway. The, um, in fact, it, it runs the potential of being a look at me, look at me and be like, well, we don't want you. So I know that sounds um, with... Um, millennials and zoomers that might not come across as the greatest thing in the world but i think still at this stage when you apply for jobs unfortunately you've got um boomers and gen x's who are going to read your application so <laughs> pictures and all sorts of fancy things are probably not going to cut it we we just want the info and Kelly, on that as well, uh, I know uh, you're in your home country of New Zealand, uh, it is quite common for people, teachers, to include a picture in their application. Um, but obviously, uh, Australia is yet to catch up. Um, but but um, what about things like talking of profile pictures and, and LinkedIn profiles, but also other social media? This is probably slightly away from the CV aspect, but people and schools are going to search for your internet presence, aren't they? And uh, do, do you do that in, in your process? Do you have time? Probably not. <laughs> um, probably not, no. I mean, if you're a person who is very active, I guess, on the social side of things with LinkedIn, um, you're going to have that profile anyway. It wouldn't hurt to have the link on your CV. Maybe the person reading it does want to look at that, in which they can. It is just one, one link they can click on. Um, but equally... You, you want to make sure that the information you're wanting that school to see is directly in that CV, just in case LinkedIn is not, not for them to look at. They don't, you know, they don't. Um, and on that, um, a bit of a side note, just making sure that um, any of your social media 
is appropriate as a teacher to be online. Um, I know that employers do sometimes look up um, just for that internet presence um, of the teachers before making any sort of decisions. Well, actually, on that note, um, we are in April. We're going to have the VIT uh, take part in a trade win webinar, which is all about the new code of conduct, which has been um, in development for quite a number of years now. The last one was, I think, 10 years ago or more. Um, the new code of conduct apparently promises to have uh, things to cover teachers social media presence and so on so it's important maybe to uh get on top of that uh now have a think about pictures and things and historic things that are up there um because when you give somebody your cv you are giving them lots of information about yourself about who you are um and that information might well be a gateway into um searching your internet history and so on um so it's definitely something to be aware of people are often confused about information to leave in and leave out of a cv uh, for example should they we've just had a question in from shahida uh, just regarding should you have your referees on your cv should it say referees on application should uh, what's the guidance around that should that be part of the two pages from my perspective um i do like your maybe not your contact information to be on the cvs but the referee name and where they're from to be on there because then i know that you've got recent relevant references that's from my perspective um but there, there could be slightly differing maybe opinions from uh, Terry and Billy. Well, my thing on referees is pretty straightforward. Recent relevant are the two big R's. And the other one is, I suppose you put in the three R's, is the reason that person's there. So quite often, I, I don't know where, why, if this is the same with Terry, but when we say, um, the way that works in the government system is this, you never ever ring referees around applications. Referees are only contacted post-interview, right? Or perhaps even pre-interview, but certainly uh, until you're shortlisted, they won't contact your uh, referees. When we do go to referees, quite often you'll have three. It's unlikely we will ring the three. We may for a principal's job, um, but quite often we might only ring one or two. Therefore, if we're only going to ring one or two, we want to ring the most relevant and the best one. So if you can put uh, there um, that your referee was your current principal, if you like, or uh, it might have been a supervising teacher if you were a graduate at the school that you were at last. We don't know, particularly if it's, say it's a supervising teacher, who that person is if you just write, um, you know, Billy Green. I, I could be your next door neighbour. So... We want to look at those three and think, all right, I'm only going to make one phone call because we haven't got time to ring everybody. Again, we're very time poor. So if you've written, uh, yeah, the guy's name was uh, Terry uh, Toomey and Terry was my supervising teacher on my last eight-week round, he'll be able to speak about such and such. So you've written that in a, written that in a very short uh, one or two sentences. I go through the list and think, well, Terry Toomey's the most recent. Uh, he's got good experience. He's the uh, supervising teacher let's ring this guy called Terry because whereas if you just write three names and you don't give me a route, you know, I don't know who they are. I could ring someone who might be your next door neighbor who gives you a personal reference and it might be good, but it's probably not quite what I'm looking for. And I probably won't ring someone else. I just think, Oh, we're well, okay. But someone else has given me the information. I talked to their principal. I know oh, got a glowing report. So let's go with that. So 
to put yourself in the best spot, just remember, look at it from the school's point of view. They're not going to, well, we never used to ring the three unless it was a really senior sort of role. We may only ring one. So even if you prioritise them, but try to explain just briefly why that person, what the reason that person is on your reference uh, list for. Yeah, good advice, Billy. I think we want to know exactly what that person's capable of commenting on. Um, you know, is it a professional referee? Is it a, a character, you know, reference? Uh, what is it exactly? What's the connection with that person? Um, because from the panel's perspective, you know, we're looking for someone who can confirm our view or inform our view or sometimes even challenge our view. So, um, and I also agree with you. Uh, generally, I wouldn't read more than one referee, um, like unless we're sort of deadlocked between a couple of applicants. But if you've gone through the interview process and you've had the view confirmed or informed by a referee, that's enough for me usually. But I want to make sure it's the right referee. Yeah. Billy and Terry, would you want them, I guess the other question was, to have that contact information on there as well yeah. Yeah. from your, your guys' point yeah. of view? Absolutely. Yeah. Again, yeah. it's a time thing. Uh, if they write um, Terry to, to me principal phone number, great. If it's like to, no phone number, oh, you know, I can't be obvious, I'll ring the one that she's given the phone number for and it might not be the one that's the best referee. So try to give the information. And the other thing, of course, don't go for the old, um, you know, three card trick of popping down Terry Toomey, principal, and you haven't told Terry you popped his name on there. Terry goes, oh, did she put my name on there? That's unusual, yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, because uh, look, that's an excellent point. And um, it might be someone you're really happy to give a strong reference for, but gee, you could do a lot better job if you knew that it was possible. So I would ask someone first um, whether they're happy to be a referee um, and tell them that you were putting your name forward on a, you know, a CV. Application. Yeah, absolutely. But also if you were shortlisted ever for interview, I'd be letting them know because they could anticipate that they may well get a call rather than just be caught on the hop. No, most people are happy to give a reference aren't they i think we probably have a bit more anxiety about asking for a reference from people than is necessary um generally people want to help other people get a role or get a job and i think another important point as well is that a lot of principals know each other so if you put uh, a principal's name down it might not be it might be a quick informal phone call via mobile or something because there's already an established relationship there so you can't discount that principals do talk to each other um uh kelly just before we let you go uh, thank you so much for your expertise uh today um but before we let you go can you just run us through some of the um warning signs in a cv because sometimes people submit a cv and there's some red flags there or some things that you know maybe innocently people have left out information or uh things don't quite add up what are the type of things that we need to make sure that you know if we've had a gap in our employment how do we kind of explain that away or do we just leave it out and, and let people guess? Um, so I think it's very important when you are listing uh, your um, experience to have the month. Um, so, you know, August 2020 to August 2021 actually have the not just put, you know, 2020, because that could be one month. It could be the whole year of experience. So from, from um, my point of view, what I look at is I actually want, to see an honest CV. I actually want to know how long that experience was for. Um, 
if you've had a year off for uh, whether it be maternity leave, you've travelled around the country, um, anything like that, just put put that down and in a one line, um, you know, just a one line, um, what you would why you weren't working that year. Um, I do um, think that you want to, um, yeah, it, it all keeps to have it giving a good overview of you as a person that you know you haven't. If you have chopped and changed jobs, there's valid reasons for it. Um, we do like to see, um, you know, uh, stickability. Um, so yeah, that's that's. Um, I think having um, honest dates on your CV is is important, so we can see see what you've been doing with your life. I mean, just because you haven't been working, if you've been traveling, that's life experiences definitely valid in your in your professional life. Yeah, and honesty is absolutely crucial. I mean, I've had situations where uh, someone has written down that they headed up a team, right? They were the three, four coordinator um, in uh, 2020, right? And what they did was they were the three, four coordinator for the two weeks that the other person was away on long service leave. So they were only the leader for two weeks. So we've rang the school or the principal and said, oh, now what's her name said she was the, and they go, no. <laughs> and so therefore you've created a problem yourself by putting in inaccurate information because it looks like you're lying. Now you were the boss for two weeks in that area, but just say that. That's still okay. Because that shows you've stepped up to a challenge. Exactly. Which is, which yeah. is equally good. Yeah. Don't say, oh, I led the 3-4 team in 2020. Yes, you did, but only for two weeks. Because if I ring the principal and he says, well, no, she didn't. She was she just filled in for two weeks. That actually looks worse. Yeah, and look, I think, that, yeah, the point too is that in primary and secondary education in government schools in Melbourne, everybody knows everybody, Billy. So yeah. you're going to be interviewed. There's going to be somebody on that panel that could have had, you know, 25 to 40 years worth of experience in education, and they're going to know everybody, and you're, and you're not going to be aware of that. So just... Um, yeah, I think you, you be, be honest uh, and authentic in, in what you put down. Um, but yeah, don't create a problem that you don't have to. Well, thank you so much, Kelly. Any final uh, words of advice for uh, anybody tweaking their CV? Yeah, well, if anyone does want um, the template that we've got here at Tradewind, um, do just let us know. We can email that across to you um, just to um, give you um, a bit of um, guidance on how to set up your CV. Um, and if you do have any other follow-up questions, let us know as well. Perfect. So thanks so much, Kelly. I really appreciate it. I know you're working very hard over the holidays Uh this is probably one of your busiest periods. Um, so thank you so much. And um, if anybody does have any uh, friends or uh, teachers who are thinking about relief teaching work as well, uh, send the CV over to, to Kelly and uh, <laughs> we can certainly get you some work for the new year. And um, also I'll just quickly say, if anyone's VITs come through and you haven't let us know, please do. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Thanks so much, Kelly. Speak soon. Terry, Billy, we are going to move on to cover letters. Now, the CV seemed, uh, you know, it should be a straightforward task. There was a lot of nuance in the CV alone. Uh, the cover letter is even more nuanced than complex, I feel, because it really does marry the CV and the key selection criteria uh, together. And it is a real opportunity to talk about yourself and your passions and so on that 
perhaps the key selection criteria doesn't always allow you to do that to the full scope of your ability and also the cv uh doesn't really allow you to you know insert your personality there and it is can we just start off by saying it is important to see these three documents as separate from each other and performing different roles i think people often get confused that this cover letter is kind of their cv and long form or their cv with some more flowery language um is it, how important is it to kind of put effort into your cover letter and do principals actually take care of them or read them or do they actually make a difference well i'll go first and i think terry would agree with this the way i would rate them your key selection criteria it will be the most highly rated right but after that for me would definitely come your cover letter and then cv and the references can find it out for themselves so that's about how i would look at it so the cv is important and terry's got a great quote about impressions i'll let him i won't <laughs> but i think the cv is important yeah look i agree and there's you only get, and my quote was you know you only get one opportunity to make a first impression so you know like don't stuff it up i think i always read the cover letter uh, because it's addressed to me personally uh so i like it if you've got my name correctly and you spell my name correctly that always helps you've got the right principle you know you should be putting on it um you know, dear Miss Crowell and members of the selection panel or whatever it is, but get the principal's name correct and spell it correctly. Um, because I'm reading too many for Tradewind at the moment where that's, you know, not the case that they're a bit historical or you haven't spelt the name correctly. Um, yeah, so it's an opportunity for you to basically indicate why you reckon you're a great fit for the school, Billy. Yeah. Um, and you can, you can probably hit a few targets that you may not get the opportunity the opportunity to do in your in your response to the criteria yeah i, I think it's um i think it sort of summed it up uh, at the start what don't see it as a um succinct or abrasive version of your key selection criteria or your cv it, it, they're separate documents altogether, and you need to understand that they're quite separate what the cover letter is and this is pre-covid is yet welcoming handshake you're not allowed to do that now. So it's your elbow tap, if you like. It's the way to explain why you think that this school is something that you're going to be able to contribute to. What generally broad attitudes and capacities that you bring to the school and just that I think we can be a good fit. It's that, that's what you're trying to aim for. That, so that I actually then want to move on and read your key selection criteria. So it's a bit of an entree, if you like. So a bit, and I don't want to, uh, you know, uh, string that down analogy or metaphor out too far, but a bit like an entree, it's not the main course. So don't, I don't like CV, um, cover letters that are really densely typed with big, long paragraphs. I look at them, you know, no. I'd be aiming for, what, Terry, four or five fairly, relatively short paragraphs that address quite simple topics in each of the paragraph. And it's right, at the end of it, I went, right, this sounds pretty good. I want to find out I'm, I'm on this guy's side now, right? Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that's well put, Billy. I want to find out more about you. I'm interested now in reading your response to the criteria. It does not have to be too long, but if you get a right one, it needs to be more than a few lines. Yeah. Um, so just, you know, whether it's, three quarters of a page or whatever it doesn't it shouldn't be three pages probably shouldn't even be two pages just no. i think uh three quarters of a page to a page 
a few paragraphs as as you suggested and it, it should be a, a really good entree into your response to the criteria and it should make me want to read that response yeah. i want to read quasi cvs like you know i in such and such i did grade two and this then i led that that that's not really it it's what i've been interested in what i've developed over my period of time um, you know, I, you know, with leadership or teamwork or what fascinates me about the job, where I think I might head next and why this school opt. So they're sort of big picture intros, not really specific details. Specific details is for your CV, your discussion of education and your sort of direct experiences for your uh, key selection criteria. This is you as the person uh, I've done this in education. This school uh, offers me the opportunity to this. I'm fascinated by this. I also have the capacity to bring such and such. That's pretty well it. And that many paragraphs is, uh, is probably enough. But it's like one of those um, uh, less is more things. The shorter and the more pithy and uh, succinct and uh, accurate it is. Uh, so you actually have to spend a lot of time on it to get it right. Uh, but if you do get it right, it's um, it can be it really can put you a step ahead of the pack. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting one because I think it it's potentially the shortest part of your application, but perhaps the most persuasive and hardest to achieve what you want. Um, I think you need to keep going through the process with a cover letter of what can I take out of this. Just get down to the real quality. Um, that is going to be the most convincing and persuading and most reassuring for the reader to say, this person gets it, this person understands the culture of my school, this person would be a great fit for my school. And it's uh, the only part of your application which doesn't follow a formal format. So it is a really, really good opportunity just subconsciously to show, hey, I can write, I can spell, I can... Um, be coherent I can be succinct because when it comes to report writing time they're all the skills that you need anyway so you can even show uh, without uh, being, being explicit about it just by virtue of writing a really good well-structured uh, coherent cover letter um, that you know what you're doing like all sorts of communication that we do as humans you know there's lots of subtext there so as I said if it's really long and densely packed and small font it's like, uh, no, they haven't really got the idea what a uh, cover letter is all about. Uh, if, as Terry said, if it's too brief, um, I mean, I'm writing to uh, apply for position 10607. I think I'd be a really great fit for your school. But if you hit the mark in between, um, it's a bit like, well, this, this person, yeah, that, I like that. I'm really interested in this. I like the quick way that we've got under. I feel like I know a little bit about this person. Right, how's, how's that supported now by the evidence? And I think you've got to understand, I certainly don't want to go putting um, percentages on it. Um, most cover letters are going to be more important than the CV, unless for some reason the CV is really outstanding. So Yeah, look, good point, Billy. And I, I think if you've got, also, if you've got an, a pre-existing relationship with the school or, or knowledge, um, you might have done teaching rounds there, um, or you might have intermittently worked as a CRT there. Um, you should be putting that in as well, because not everybody on the panel might have that 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 knowledge. So yeah. I think you know, use those things to your advantage. And and also, I would say, don't be really introspective with your cover letter. You need to be telling the school what you're going to be doing for them, 
Uh, often we, in the application process as, a, as an entirety, we're, we're so involved in ourselves, but cover letter is a really good chance to say, if you employ me, I'll be able to do, you know, you'll be able to benefit from this attribute or that attribute that I can bring to the school. Um, and it's an opportunity for the school to get a really good understanding of the well-rounded character that you are. Uh, we've, we're getting close to the, um, to the end of this webinar, but we do have some um, brilliant questions. Uh, can I also take another moment just to say the quality of questions coming through uh, from this session and the last session and on Wednesday has been outstanding. It's a really good reflection of uh, how engaged people are as well. Are you just a little bit worried he didn't mention the quality of the answers? Just... <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I will certainly uh, congratulate you for the brevity of answers if, uh, if that happens. Um, but we do have some uh, really good questions coming through. A couple of questions here just on uh, formatting issues uh, and what to include, not to include in cover letter. Do you include the principal's formal title? For example, Mr, Ms, Mrs, do you include the principal's first name? Do you use italics, bold font, different color text to make text stand out? Don't use the first name. I think unless you know the principal, uh, but I think it's, um, yeah. Um, dear Mr. Green and members of the selection yeah. panel or whatever, but unless the principal, you know, is a personal friend or has been a colleague of yours, I think just just uh, keep it reasonably formal. Yeah, formal. And we've got another question here. Just uh, recently I came across a job posting for a Catholic school. They only requested a cover letter and resume from the applicants. There was no mention of key selection criteria. In this case, what should you include in your cover letter? I, I can feel this one. Um, so... Uh, yes, uh, Catholic schools um, and some independent schools as well, they will just ask for a cover letter and uh, CV, which becomes uh, very important in, in that case. Uh, they will generally have a job descriptor as well as a PDF attached um, to the application if it's on a, the Catholic website. Have a look at that. Try and address that in your cover letter. It might mean that your cover letter's a little bit longer, but still I would say a maximum of two pages. Do call the school, chat to the principal, assistant principal. That's a really good way to to get a bit of um, insight as well and, and also start that interview and application process. Um, but yeah, it does put a lot of um, pressure on the the CV and cover cover letter. I mean, that's one of the points that Kelly raised and I even sort of mentioned there that if that's the case in your CV or your resume, if there are particular um, descriptions in the uh, accompanying job description, if you like, so it might be around leadership or it might be around curriculum development or whatever it is, I would then have a little heading in my CV around um, leadership and teamwork. And then, so rather than just having a CV that is chronological working from um, January, what is it today, the 15th back, um, I would have those things for sure. But also I would have a little section on leadership and teamwork or whatever it is, whatever that specific criteria they develop. And what are your experiences and what are your uh, capacities that you've developed over the last five years in that? And if it was like curriculum development. So that's one way to address if they don't offer uh, you the opportunity to address key selection criteria and you don't want to write a three-page cover letter, which is fair enough. Um, it's another way to frame your CV. So it can be chronological, but it also can be themed or topic-based. 
Yeah, um, Billy, I've just pulled up here a... I'll share the screen just to show people a real-life example of the the Catholic application. This is a, a role that's up currently uh, on the Catholic uh, max.vic.edu.au website. Uh, this one, it has a link to the school website. It has what applicants must have and a special requirements, the starting uh, date, etc. Now you can click on apply or go down here to upload your files, so your resume cover letter. It doesn't allow you to put any key selection criteria or any supporting files on this school. However, if you look at another school, they've, they've got a, a longer application, uh, but no key selection criteria option here. But what they do have, if you just scroll up, just to the side here, they've got the PDF teacher um, 2020 uh, from August, um, and it tells you what the school's about. So this is, if you miss this document, you, you'll be really hampered in your application process. Um, but I think that's a really um, good way of uh, navigating that site, but also so easy to miss that little link. There's nothing massive directing you to that. So you have to really read the applications really thoroughly and navigate them really cleverly uh, to be able to make the most of it. Yeah, look, that's a great point, Ian. And I think I remember last term when we had the business manager on in the afternoon sessions from, I think it was Corowa Anglican. And we were talking about this issue with her and she did make the excellent point around that they will know exactly what they want and what they are looking for. And your only real way into that, because you're not going to um, have written response to criteria, is that document there that you refer to. That is absolutely key. Yeah. And again, it gets back to the point that we made this morning. When you're looking at either uh, key selection criteria, roles and responsibilities, or that PDF there, you've got to be able to read it and work out, because that was quite long, so you can't respond to every point. It'll be 50 pages, your response. What are the, how can I tr put that in my own words? What are they really asking there? What do they really want? Because if you read a lot of those um, dot points that they had on the um, PDF, they may be around teamwork and leadership. They may be around curriculum development. So you've got to try to tease out what's the core elements that are sitting underneath all those little points. And it may be about, around behavior management, who knows? But um, yeah, what you've got to do is to try to come up with your interpretation and then address those as well as you can. Katrina's asked the uh, really useful question. Uh, in terms of the purpose of cover letters, should it be a summary of what you did as a teacher or more about who you are as a person? For example, your personal qualities that make you a good teacher. You can put in a little of what you've done, no longer than a paragraph on. But again, I would take that big, broad view of your experience. Your experience goes in your CV. Mm. So... Uh, we only want a, um, an idea along the lines, I've always uh, aspired to leadership and it's been, you know, I've loved change management or whatever that is. So take the big picture of your experience, but, you, but no, we want to know about you. Your CV will document your experience. Would you agree, Terry? Oh, absolutely, Billy. Yeah, I think, um, uh, and I, I think you can hone in what your understanding of the focus of the role is, is what you and Ian talked about before, whether it's change management, where it's curriculum uh, development, whether it's leadership, um, and you can beautifully summarise and weave in what you've got to offer in that area, but it should be about you 
uh, personally, I think. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. About you, the school, and going forward, yep. I suppose, the concept. Your, con- your potential contribution, Billy, yeah, I think. As yeah. opposed to, because in the end, it's nice what you've done. We can, as I said, we'll read that in the CV, but that's not really going to help me going forward. I want to know what you've got for us today and in the next yeah, potential to add value, yeah. I think. Yeah. I think it's also a good opportunity, and this is probably something that people miss out uh, a fair bit, is uh, talking about how you can collaborate and work as a team. Because you've both mentioned this before, is that when you're employing a teacher, you're not just employing them uh, as a classroom teacher, you're employing them as a colleague, as a teammate, and having some sense that you can work as a team, but also that you're... Um, good fun in the staff room and personable and friendly and you share your resources and you have a you know a well-rounded approach to education all of those things are critical as well aren't they oh look absolutely and times applicants will walk out of the room after an interview and somebody on the panel will say yeah look they're really competent potentially very very good but i couldn't work with them um so you know those are factors that we will take into control into account billy aren't they oh uh, it's absolutely true and, and that's why your um see your cover letter has to be really about you the person we've got to get that feel i mean it won't knock you out of the race but it will put you a step ahead if you write a good one and it's got to, it look we talk about um manipulating your um and i don't mean manipulating in any sort of egregious way i mean manipulating your response to the key selection criteria to meet the needs of the school and that's fine but uh, the, the one thing that you probably if you're going to write from scratch and you don't have to but somewhere near scratch is your cover letter because each school is going to have a different vibe about it and you've got to try to think, all right, what can I offer this school? That's what we really want to know. It's, uh, as I said, it's very much, and like Terry said right at the start of this, it's very much your first impression and you don't want to muck that up. Um, and, yeah, so it's, uh, it's the one I would spend time on paring down, getting it right, and that's why it's really important to have, make sure you've got all the other parts, like, you know, your CV is not going to change much. You know, you can't read. Well, some people do, but you shouldn't, you know, what you've done in, you know, 2011 is pretty much unchangeable. Um, so that's, that. get those things out of the way first so you've got a bit of time to write a, a good, but not long, um, cover letter. Yeah, we've got a couple more questions. I think uh, we can answer pretty quickly. Hilary, you've had some wonderful questions this morning. I'm loving this. Um, this one is, would you include a paragraph of your teaching philosophy at the beginning of your CV? Now, if I can give my person, I'd be interested to hear what your personal view of this is. My personal view is it's really useful to give some essence of what you've achieved as a teacher, where you've made an impact, where you've had results, something tangible, something that you've experienced, uh, that you know that you made a difference. In terms of saying, I really enjoy working with young people or I'm passionate about education, well, we know that because you qualified to be a teacher. Hopefully you are passionate about education. Hopefully you are passionate about working with young people. Don't put that in your philosophy. That should be a given. What uh, you're looking for is things that actually add value uh, that is not just um, you know that you enjoy the company of children but it should be something that you've tangibly done um maybe i've read too many cvs that start off in a very similar uh, vein but how do you feel about that billy <laughs> i'm probably less worried about it but i do think as a general point of view yeah 
getting a feel for what you believe in and how you what you believe in matches our school that's the thing uh is worth putting in yeah so i don't don't worry yeah. about you don't have to be overly uh academic about it either but that general um i guess yeah what do you bring what do you, what do you believe in about education what do you bring to our school that matches what we're trying to achieve yeah i think that's critical just reinforcing that hopefully your philosophy is aligned with the philosophy and values of the school, because yeah. if it's at variance with it, then also you're not potentially knocking yourself out. So just got to be a little bit careful about not being too out there. And I think it's an important note just to finish on that. Um, so much of what we've talked about is trying to fit yourself into what the school wants. But I think it's an important, important caveat just to say that don't fit yourself in too much to the point that you won't enjoy working at that school because you've uh, molded yourself in your application so far that it actually doesn't represent who you are and what you actually want in a teaching role. How important is that, is that to do? Yeah, I think that's a hundred percent. I mean, I, <laughs> I had a, um, reasonable career i suppose and some people would say no it was actually really good billy it's good going here. but i tell you what there'd be 60 percent, 70 percent of the schools in melbourne that would not be interested in me one bit and i wouldn't be interested in them and good you know that's that's how it should be i mean i i we've spoken two sessions already about how much work it is why would you go and put almost much work into a school you don't want to work at? Yeah, look, there's only one thing worse, Billy, than not getting a job, and that is uh, getting a job and it's not the right one for you. And I think that's why it's important to be honest and authentic because yeah. that's the way you want to be when you walk in the door. If you do pick up the position, you don't want to feel like you've got to be something different than yeah. you've been in the application or interview, do you? No, absolutely. There, there are schools quite that mutually would not want me and I wouldn't want them and I wouldn't apply for them. And um, yeah, don't pop yourself in a position where you're compromised or you just don't feel comfortable or safe or even Terry to the point of, um, and I've asked people this on panels, uh, probably wrongly, but don't apply for a job if it's an hour and a half commute each way. I mean, teaching's hard work. Who yeah, it's very, that? yeah, a good point. It's very demanding. You need to be, you know, you need to be fresh when you rock up. You're going to be exhausted when you leave every day anyway. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. If you've got to add that on, then it, uh, it's going to reduce your effectiveness and it'll certainly diminish your enjoyment of the role building. Yeah, absolutely. So you've got to take all those factors into account. Don't say, oh, yeah, I'll apply for any old school and I'll worry about travel. You know, if, if it's an hour and a half away and you're not prepared to move closer or it, it will particularly if you're a graduate teacher, it will absolutely exhaust you. It's, uh, and take it from, I'll, I'll give you a little personal experience. When I was younger, Terry, I used to think I used to like, I used to like to go surfing. So I thought for my first school, that's okay. I'll live in Geelong and travel up to Melbourne. Well, that lasted six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You never went surfing. <laughs> well, yeah, I think this is where relief teaching comes in particularly effective because you can try before you buy. You can see a lot of schools. You can get that experience, see how far you're willing to travel or whether you, you're willing to move somewhere. So uh, all of those factors, I think uh, relief teachers find themselves in good stead uh, to decide what type of school they want. Thank you, gentlemen. Excellent. Um, you can record all of these webinars as your professional development as long as you reflect in line with the Australian teaching standards. Thanks so much, Billy and Terry, and we'll see you at two o'clock. Thanks, Ian. Thanks, Billy. See you then.
Thank you so much for listening to the Relief Teachers podcast brought to you by Tradewind Australia. Please do share this podcast with anybody who you think might find it useful and do refer to the show notes to record it as part of your professional development hours. If you need any help or support as a relief teacher, please get in touch with us at Tradewind through our website or call us on 1800 192 195. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time for another episode of Australia's leading relief teaching podcast.